You're listening to Guru's Self-Improvement. Hmm. Did every time, Andy. Even even after all this time. Okay, take two. You're listening to Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast. Hosted by Brian and Andy. The quote of the day is, Even when we think we're seeking pleasure... We're actually driven by the desire to free ourselves from the pain of wanting. Near y'all, indistractable. Wow. Wow, that's it's a, a great statement. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great statement. And, you know, uh, I, I, I think what's interesting about statements and when we were talking about this, it's how interesting that we can take our own perspective on it. And I see Eastern Buddhist philosophy in it because it's talking about craving, you know, wanting. Yeah. And um, I see yeah. this totally in a, in a therapeutic light, like, like uh, <laughs> cognitive behavioral therapy type stuff. Like you've got triggers and all we're doing is trying to cope with those triggers and uh you know he even brings up triggers um it's it's, it's funny though i'm beginning to think like everything stems from these old eastern <laughs> religious things like it's cognitive behavior. no actually it's buddhism <laughs> hey, or even a, even freudian it's a freudian no actually he stole that from from hinduism oh uh, <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> so the western world is full of people that just like to take things and claim it for themselves <laughs> surprise surprise we've never done that in the history of america <laughs> never never and never. Ancient, this Archive. ancient wisdom yeah so ancient wisdom is again one of those things where it's I don't, you know, I, I think about this and it's ancient wisdom, you know, or philosophy. It's common sense, some of it. And so when we talk about these things, it's like things that we've known for a very long time that we wrote down and now we're rewriting, acting like we sometime have come up with some new thing. Like this is the new thing. But if you think about it, and I think about this all the time with, um, this is a really silly one. Um, baby taking, when you take care of a baby, like the, uh, things that, um, baby doctors, um, obstetricians will come up with, um, and they'll say, oh, no, no, this is the way to do it. This is the new way to do everything. And then you find out later, it's just, it just, just revolved. <laughs> yeah. It's the same idea. Just, just spend another way and that's the way even technology is a lot like that um for instance we have um we have the old data center green screens that we grew up with brian well i don't know if you're i'm probably older than you but um we have these old green screens that we all had to deal with and we and those were server-based systems and we need to go and put co computers out there personal computers and that's what we did we bought a bunch of personal computers and then everybody bought those and said, oh, this is the way to be. And then we got the internet and it went right back to server. Everything's on a server somewhere else. 
And now it's coming back actually again, because now a lot of our stuff, our browsers have a bunch of code in them. But um, it's just that thing where we're always constantly thinking that we're evolving and we're coming up with a new idea to find out that it's an old idea. Just maybe spun yeah. a little differently. You know, um, we're having new ideas to convey ideas in a way that is more understandable. You know, um, then okay. You know, but if you are just like reinventing the wheel and calling it a, I don't know, whatever, it's still a wheel, right? Well, this is the thing. But the, here's the thing here is that people need to have it conveyed differently and act like, oh, I have this problem. And in this book, this is the problem. We watch our screens too much. We're too distracted by our current modern life. Mm -hmm. Now, there that's the problem. So that's the problem statement of, yes, we have too many distractions in our life. What can we do to get our children and ourselves out of said situation yeah and people look and they go oh you know what what if we did this thing and yes it's the old thing just rewrapped but you have to present it to a new audience who has never heard that stuff before right and i think that's what this is it's just a repackaging of new old ideas mm -hmm. but people have not heard the mess the people you know the audience There's has no not heard the message information to the audience that's the it's point just maybe not new ideas in the world right right um so let's let's unpack this uh sorry listeners you're catching us at six in the morning um and uh i don't know how uh how on topic we will stay here we're gonna try to um if you can tell by my voice i'm kind of coming coming down from a little bit of a, a germ not covid i was tested not covid um i did the pcr test the the one that actually takes a little bit longer to test anyways i'm going off on a tangent as i'm talking about be patient with us if we go off on a tangent well sorry already my goodness okay this is gonna be a good one andy we're gonna have it this is. be an excellent podcast so i gotta tell you um you know, as I read this quote for the first time in the book, you know, so I'll read it again. Even when we think we're seeking pleasure, we're actually driven by the desire to free ourselves from the pain of wanting. I was reminded of this thing that I like to talk to my clients about. And um, it's, it's a saying, again, I can't claim it as my own. If I wanted to, I could. <laughs> this, this is me and this is uh, my idea brought to you by myself, but it is not. Um, but I, what I do say, and credit to whoever said it first, um, life is coping. Life is coping. Um, and then you could add on there, life is coping with discomfort. Everything that we do is, uh, you know, if we're not totally consciously aware is we are trying to get away from pain. And that's what this, this is saying. And coping is, is, you know, what we use is the word that, that means to deal with pain. You know, how are you coping 
um, that's a that's a really important thing to put here, you know, because life doesn't have to be always coping um, if we're a little bit more consciously aware of of the fact that when we do things, we're just trying to avoid pain. <laughs> if you stop trying to avoid pain, you don't have to cope. Well, is that necessarily, I, I think about that. And actually that's very four, four noble truths. There's suffering and then there's cessation from suffering, meaning that there's coping skills to be able to help you. Um, so very similar to an Eastern philosophy that I follow. Um, which is why I started doing this practice because it always had these therapeutic qualities to it. Um, but here's the thing. We are, uh, we do try to avoid pain and that is true. Um, and if you live a mindful life, you will address your pain and, and just like in the last book we read, um, you will mindfully look at it and see where it derives from and be friends with your pain, knowing that the pain is always gonna be there, perhaps, but maybe it's not pain. Maybe it's something that you can deal with and it becomes just like a friend of yours. Oh, there you are again, old thought. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, I see you. It doesn't have to be, it's all in the mind. And when you see it as non-pain, like this is not pain, then you can make friends with it and be okay with it. But it's when you see it as a painful item, that's when it will give you pain and it will be hurtful, um, which is what we're trying to avoid, right? Then we'll... Yeah. Now, the thing about coping skills, and this is the interesting thing that we bring up, um, for me, um, the Four Noble Truths, the very end is right action, right speech, right, you know, those type of things. There's like um, things that you can do to help yourself live in a better life and be more enlightened. And I think that the, and they give you coping skills. So these are the coping skills. But what I've noticed is that in lack of knowledge of coping skills, people find their own coping skills and then there's the problem sometimes and, and it can and it can manifest itself as addiction um, and things like that that are negative and then there's some things that we just find that are positive but what i suggest everyone do and this is to brian's point that there is a the reason why you go to therapy is that there is a tool set that you can engage with and learn about from a therapist that gives you coping skills that are positive to and help enhance your life in a better way. Absolutely. And it's more than just mindfulness. Okay. I will think um, uh, as, as therapists approach their clients, they always do implement some sort of mindfulness, you know, whether that be noticing or just being aware, they may not use the word mindfulness, um, you know, just being in, in contact with what you are feeling, with what your present moment is, um, with, you know, what's around you in your environment, you know, um, that is part, one of the crucial parts of learning to cope with, with different challenges. And, you know, and we can talk, when I say life is coping, you know, we, we talk about like, you know, wanting 
the desire to to uh, avoid pain. Um, what life is coping because most of the time, you know, we are doing things um, to cope. Whether those things are healthy or unhealthy, we are coping. And you can't say that something is ineffective or or are you know, if it's working, even if it's drug use, even if it's um, um, complete and utter avoidance, you know, if it's taking you away from the pain in the moment, then it's working in the moment. So we're not going to talk about what's an effective coping skill. We're going to talk about what's a healthy coping skill for you, or what is something that gives you traction to use a term that uh, the author here is using, you know, so um, traction is what he explains as, and, and, and maybe we went over this before in the last podcast. Um, I don't think we did though. Uh, so traction is the thing that pull is like the thing that keeps us uh, going towards what we desire. Okay. Um, and distraction is what is pulling us away from our goals. So distraction is, uh, you know, you could think about a coping skill in the moment, such as drugs as a distraction. You could even think about like going on a walk as a distraction. If your goal is to actually have a meaningful conversation with your partner, but instead you choose to go on a walk because like, well, I need to. I need to calm myself down first. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you you, you ought to do that. Um, and yet, uh, if if you're really good at suppressing your emotions and coming up with um, excuses, <laughs> then you're just coping by distracting. So so again, I think intention here matters. Is it going to take you towards what you want or is it going to take you away? And that is exactly what this, uh, at least this part of the reading that we're in, is is discussing pretty heavily, I think. I really like that perspective on it because it really does um, give a lot of value to what he's talking about. Um, and it's... He doesn't, he, and he doesn't really explain. It's just things that draw you away from your attention, you know, and it could be anything. Um, I've let a lot of you and me, Andy, right? <laughs> Listeners, right, right. we had plans to record this podcast several days ago, and uh, Brian here, that's me, slept in. And then I almost slept in today, so it was. It was... <laughs> yeah, we. But we 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 are here. Anyways, I am so sorry I cut you off, Andy. Please continue. No, 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 no. But it's really good stuff because I think that distraction is something that has become normal for us, and it gets it seem. It, I'll be honest with you. It seems like it's. I don't know if it ever got worse. I notice it now much more because we have so many things that can give us distraction and i think the way that he addresses it is really awesome like hey we have a lot of distraction and then he comes into the why why are we distracted 
And I think that that statement of why we are will help bring us to why. And I think that's what this, this quote of the day is that this, that the reason why is this, we're trying to avoid pain um, mm -hmm. and wanting, and we distract ourselves through cope, you know, and these are bad coping skills or well, not even bad. We won't even label them bad. They're coping skills that we use to help us mitigate the pain. Yeah. Well, I think and, in a, a way we can describe those, right? Um, coping skills that keep us um, on track. So traction coping skills versus distraction coping skills. Mm -hmm. I, you know, just to use his terminology. Oh, uh, like I, it, like I, it. I don't know if I'll do that in my in my own practice with my clients. Um, you know, I, I still think uh, effective and ineffective, depending on what you want, truly want. Um, well, not it. No, no, no. So they're always effective. They do the job. <laughs> healthy versus unhealthy. That's what I would do. Well, you know, it's it's really the consequence for it. So what happens after you do that coping skill? What is the consequence? And when we're talking about screens, for instance, um, when you're distracted and you're not in the present moment with you take away from time with things that you want that you would like to do like be present for your with your family i have been in situations and i think everybody has seen this where people can be at a restaurant and they're all on their phones and they went to a restaurant they didn't go to like fast food and sit around their couch they went to a restaurant and they're all on their phones that to me is a sign of distraction oh absolutely you know or even if even if they didn't have their phone, but you know, they're, they're sitting there, um, looking at their food and not talking to the person there because they're so like focused or distracted on what's immediately right there and not in their company. Well, you did go to a restaurant to eat. So I guess, depending on what your true intention is, if you went there and you're like, yeah, I'm just here to eat this other person is actually the distraction, then okay. <laughs> All right. You know, but again, intention matters. Good point. So you have to know what your intention is, what your goal is, what you want. What is it that you're aiming for? You know, um, and is it something that you need? He brings up Tantalus in, in this uh, part of the reading which I thought was great. So Tantalus was a Greek. Uh, I don't know if he was a god or it was just, you know, Greek mythology. He, uh, he dies and his hell is that he is always reaching for something that he wants or needs and it always pulls back further away. He wants water. He dips down to get some water and it recedes. He can never get it. He wants a pear and a tree. He reaches up to get it. it. It pulls back. He can't ever reach it. Always out of his grasp. Hence the word tantalizing. 
Always interesting. I always love English words. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. So we have all these tantalizing things around us that we want, but do we really need them? And, you know, they talk about Tantalus having this, um, you know, that his curse is that he can never get uh, <laughs> what he, what his heart desires. Um, but then there he all goes back and he's like, no, 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 actually the curse was his blindness to the fact that he didn't need those things in the first place because he was dead. He was in hell. He didn't need to eat. He didn't need to drink. And he was forever doing those things. And yet he actually didn't need them clearly. That's what redefining does, right? Redefining what, and that's when you take that, this is the ability to step back so what he, what the author has done is the the ability to step back and look at it fully, as it is, like hey, um, and then change and seeing perspective, and I think without the filter that was in place that got you into the pro, into this situation, so as a human you want to eat. Well, now he's no longer human, so now he doesn't need to eat, but he still as a he has the perspective from a human. Who needs to eat but mm -hmm. when he takes the perspective of somebody else of you know somebody who's in this hell hell world then he'll realize oh you know hades i'm in hades i i yeah this is pointless i i will i, I don't need to eat i'm i'm dead my body yeah. doesn't need physical nourishment anymore and we can do that and that's the whole thing that there's the premise of what we do why we read these books and is because it gives we want perspective um and i think that that's what he's giving us is that once you've identified that i need perspective change mm -hmm. then i can then i can deal with this situation in a different way so let, let's let's think about a goal here and look at it like uh i really want to Toyota Tacoma. That'd be like my dream to have it all built out, ready to go like off-roading and camping out in the wilderness with like a rooftop tent and, you know, all those cool things that you see um, driving around. <laughs> uh, I really want one of those. I think it's really cool. I don't need it, but I want it. So if I wanted to stay on traction, though, because we could go down the Buddhist philosophy, right? I was like, well, you know, like it's really unnecessary. Like you don't need it. You don't want it. Or you don't need it, even though you want it, um, you know, and then try to be content and stuff. And yet at the same time, like the I'm going to I'm going to take the, the approach that like it's OK to want some things. It's not wrong to want a Toyota Tacoma. So what can I do to to stay focused to get this thing? Because I imagine there's going to be lots of distractions, lots of things pulling me from it, because that's a lot of money. And we're talking years um, before I can get something like that, you know. And I'm doing okay in business, but there's bills to pay. And there's other wants and needs that need to come first. So how do I do that? 
how do I stay focused and not get distracted? That is the question. Especially for something so long term. So if you're listening to this, listeners, maybe you have a goal. Think about this just for a moment. Maybe you write it down. What do you want? And again, we're not we're not being judgmental here. We're not saying like not to, you know, go after that dream house or that dream car or that new PlayStation 5 or that 65-inch Super Bowl TV or recording on Super Bowl. No, the week before Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So maybe write that thing down. All right. Now Andy, you were about to say something but then I kept talking. So. No, I think you I think you gave it so I'm always This is why we this is why we match cuz um you're giving it the real world the want. So you do want something. Mm-hmm. And prioritization will help you on that on that journey. Um, you know, what is my priorities of things I need to get accomplished, and then making you know small uh, small goals to be able to achieve large objectives. Yeah. Um, and tactically dealing with it. So I have a strategy in place, and then I say, hey, this is uh, something I want, and th- there really isn't anything wrong with wanting. Um, and, you know, saying, hey, I, w- I would like to get a better car um, yeah. that does this and this and this. Um, it is know, pain. It is it pain, is, though, that we're wanting it, to leave, right? Getting a new car, wanting a new car is wanting to get away from the pain of not having a new car. And and having gadgets that help you. I mean, there might be something in it that be, is like, Hey, if I buy this new car, it will allow me to go like a Toyota Tacoma. It'll allow me to go off-roading, which means I can go camping with my family, which gives me, you know, family time. So the, there's nothing wrong with that want at that point. Mm. Now I'm going to, I'm going to throw the caveat that in Buddhism, we always teach that um, it's impermanent. You know, as soon as you get it, you're still not going to be totally satisfied. So whatever, whatever. But we will go down the, you know, the fact that, yeah, it's okay to want something and say, hey, and then say, hey, this is my objectives. And when you take a look at the thing that you would like, sometimes taking a look at um, why you want it is good and healthy. But then, you know, going down the path of how do I get that? And this is where this book is helpful, is staying on track having traction for your goals and not being distracted. So it's very easy to go off into a tangent many times that we, that we can want something and then, um, you know, squirrel. Oh, what's, what's that? You know, there's something else shiny over there too. And then thinking, Oh, well maybe I want that other shiny thing now. And then going down that and then, Oh no, no, no. I really want the other thing. (laughs) But the this the techniques that he's teaching in this book are help helping us stay on path, stay on task with yeah. those with those objectives that we've set pre- previously. There's nothing so, wrong with realigning, right? But I don't think that they, but I do think that there that there is some there is things that that you can do that will help you stay on course. Right. Well, that's the that's the issue that we're pointing out here with 
the pain of wanting is that you can set a goal to go get a Tacoma or whatever it is that you listeners wrote down. But then there's always something else that you want. So then as you're saving up for this Toyota Tacoma, you see something Now I'm a, I also play the drums. So it's like, okay, I have this money set aside, right? And it's maybe a good chunk of change. So I'm getting closer to getting this, this truck. But then all of a sudden I see a new drum set, not nearly as expensive as a, as a new car, but still fairly expensive. So then I'm like, Oh, I want that too. So then I take money from the Tacoma and I put it towards the drums and I buy the drums and I'm that much further away from the Tacoma again. Right. But I got what I wanted, the drums. But then as soon as I get the drums, I'm like, Oh, but I want the Tacoma again. (laughs) So it's like, it's never ending cycle. So if we can, if we can figure out how to know what we really, really need and want, you know, not necessarily, I mean, again, drums, Tacomas, houses, video games, books, you know, none of that is necessarily a bad thing to want. Um, but it's always gonna, uh, (laughs) there's always gonna be something else. So, can you pay attention to what you really want and why? Can you stay focused on that? And I am, we've talked about, you know, your reasoning for it, your intentions for it. What's the really, what's the big picture for doing what you're doing, right? If I'm like, oh, I want to go get a Tacoma because I want to spend that time with my family, like you mentioned, Andy, you know, because I want to enjoy the the beauty of of the mountains, then I can deal with the pain in the moment of wanting the drum set and keep traction because I know exactly why I want that. And the pain of wanting the drum set does not pull me away from that desire of having time with my family in the outdoors. So I can stay on traction because I know it. So, um, you know, he's talking about like recognizing external triggers, internal triggers. So what is it about me that wants that drum set? You know, what's the external trigger? Well, I saw it in a magazine or on, on the internet, you know, it came up in an ad in my, in my email, something like that. Okay. So that's the external trigger, but what's the internal trigger? What's the cue within me that says I need that? Maybe in the moment I'm feeling bored. And I see the drums and I think, oh, drums are cool. So I have an external trigger, which then actually triggers an internal. You know, you, you can it can do that. You know, wanting is an internal thing caused by an external <laughs> uh, visual in a lot of cases. So what are your external triggers? What are the things around you in your environment that are that are distracting you? And what's the internal things that are distracting you? And maybe you pause right now and, and you write that down. Right? Maybe it's that you're hungry. Maybe it's that you're lonely. Maybe that it's you're tired or angry, bored, whatever it might be. Those would be internal triggers external triggers, the little beeps on your phone, the email notification, uh, the family member um, 
walking in while you're while you're trying to read or a baby crying in the background um, while you're trying to get some work done. Um, you know, so internal type stuff versus external type stuff is really important to differentiate. And once you can figure out what those cues are, what those roadblocks or speed bumps are, you know, you can then make some different plans to handle them. But first, you've got to have the awareness of what those are. Yep. I think that's, that's how you tackle it, is that you take these pieces that, and I think the extra, knowing what your external internal is very important because then you've defined what the issue is. Like, what is preventing me from obtaining my goals? And, you know, and his, he's really talking about you know, what are your distractions? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's two, like he's saying, you're saying internal, external types. And um, in your opinion, what do you think is the most powerful ones? I mean, I think distractions? They, yeah. What do you think that are your personal or what do you have you seen? Yeah. People's well, so personal? I would always go back to the hierarchy of needs. You know, biggest distractions. If you don't have your, your basic needs met, you know, food, water, shelter. Um, that's gonna, that's gonna be some problematic stuff. So you need to check in with your, your body quite frequently. Have you got enough sleep? You know, um, that can be an internal trigger is feeling sleepy, feeling tired, much easier to get distracted and get put off course because then you're seeking other things to fill that need instead of this other important desire, you know, um, are, are you hungry? You know, we've heard the term hangry before. You know, it's a thing. That's a basic need. You need fuel. You think a car is going to run if it has no gas or if it's one of those cool new hybrids or electric vehicles? The battery is dead? No. Humans are no different. You need to fuel up. Sleep, food, water. Sleep, food, water. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? An external trigger. Is it is it really the external trigger's fault that you are not able to stay focused on what you want because you do not feed yourself? Because you do not give yourself enough time to sleep like Andy and I did this morning. <laughs> um Uh, you know, but that works with like, so he he brings up the proximate causes, you know, the blaming others, blaming other things. It's the victim stance. Um, uh, That's a trap. We need to be careful of that. It's okay to know where like the sources of things, you know, like, okay, so, you know, there was, I'm tired. So it's my fault that I'm tired because I chose to stay up uh, late or something like that, and then get up early. So that's on me. Now this external trigger, you know, it, it's, um, let's say it's my mom's fault because she, she called and distracted me, uh, while I was trying to get some work done. So I blame her, but really it was because I was tired that I was, it was easier for me to fall into that distraction but i blame her blame my parents 
we can blame our parents for a lot of things and not have accountability for taking control of our lives. I, as a therapist, work a lot with people to recognize the things that happened in their childhood that they had no control over, that other adults, many times parents, did or didn't do that has impacted their life in a very crucial way. But you can't go back and change that. You recognize it, so you don't blame yourself necessarily for some of these problems that you have as a result, but you can blame yourself for not doing anything to address it now. So take accountability, notice those internal triggers. And to get back on track with what you were saying, I mean, there was my soapbox, <laughs> a little off track, got distracted. Imagine that, um, you know, what are those, those basic things that you're missing out on? And I would say that those are probably the, the primary ones, those primary things that distract people, basic needs. No, I think that that was well said because I think that that's the we we live. I don't know if it's a blaming culture, but we have a tendency to do that quite a bit. Is it somebody else's fault? Something else's fault? And when is it? And this is the thing: is is that in a blameless culture, you just accept that these are things that have happened, regardless of what is who is to blame. I just need to be accountable and make it different. And I think that that helps free us from some of the things that are holding us, that are holding us back and saying, Hey, you know, I, I understand these things have happened. Um, I understand that I, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't fed, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I understand those <laughs> things and now I need to go feed myself and then then at that point I can start working on my goal and in a blameless culture, that's exactly what happens. And it's so funny because that manifests itself. If you do the blameless and start really just accepting what has happened and then you can free yourself to move on. And we do that actually in even the corporate world. Um, there's a sense of set of principles that are in it that actually help, create a blameless culture so that you can make mistakes and things can happen and systems can go down or human error or whatever it is that, you know, and you can say, we're not going to blame people and put labels on it as you are the fault, but we're going to learn from it and move on. I wish I could do better at that. And, you know, I, as a therapist, am only human. And, you know, just yesterday, my wife and I were having a disagreement and I was blaming her for some things that I was unhappy about in my life. How unfair. It really wasn't fair. Then I came back later and I blamed the fact that I was tired for my behavior and for kind of being a dick. <laughs> and whose fault is it that I was tired? Well, that one's debatable. I took some sleeping medication to try to help me sleep the other night, but I've been sick. I haven't been sleeping well. My kid has been sick. He's been getting up in the middle of the night, waking us up. My wife is tired too. She's tired and she's not being a dick to me. Well, until I start being a rude person to her. 
I apologize if my my language there is uh, offensive. You know, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's, but, but worth it this, Yeah, it's but it's it's human. <laughs> it's human, and this is the thing: is that you could go back and keep blaming and blaming and blaming. Mm-hmm. And keep going back to root cause. I'm going to blame this, blame, blame, blame. I mean, it's good to do some part of that to say, hey, what's really causing this? Mm-hmm. But once you get to, okay, there's a whole lot of things that have happened. How do I move on? How do I say, hey, you know what? I overreacted. And I have a whole lot of reasons for why I overreacted. But this is definitely not what I, you know, your goal is to have a meaningful relationship with your wife. And sometimes you can say, you know what, I'm going to take these. Um, I, I know why, why I, you know, I was acting like that. I'm going to take the antidote. I'm going to do something about it by getting more sleep or being, you know, hungry. There's things that I can't control, like babies crying. Um, in the middle of the night, and I can't control that, so I might be tired. But there's things that I can do that when I am tired, I can not engage. You know, I, I'm tired right now, and I really don't, I can't talk about that in a rational way right now. And those are things that you take to be able to be able to deal with the situation, not be a rude jerk back, but recognizing where you're at. Yeah. Well, and you know, to, to have that blameless type of uh, approach, that is the only rational approach. The blame game is endless. If you think about ripple effects from other stuff happening, you know, butterfly effect, all this, you know, whatever it is that you want to look at, you can go back and say, well, my parents, right? I keep going back to that because I do a lot of work. <laughs> with clients who are trying to figure out the root cause of where they're at, right? And truly, though, the root cause is generations and generations and generations and generations back. You know, uh, so my parents, let's say, um, you know, if I, if I had a client, you know, who not my parents were drug addicts and they then they beat me. Okay. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty awful. And as a result of that, you grew up feeling um, that you were worthless, that it was your fault. And maybe even struggle with uh, relationships in a similar similar way now. So it's your parents' fault, right? Well, then you go back and you have some empathy and you find out that, oh, well, your parents' life wasn't perfect either. They made some bad choices and they shouldn't have done that to you. And yet at the same time, their circumstances were such that actually they did better than their parents, maybe. Maybe they did worse. You know, there's always those types of circumstances or situations. Um, what I'm getting at is blame can go back and, and it is it is not good. You can figure out the immediate source, which is beneficial. Why do I have low self-worth? Why do I not like myself? Why do I struggle with relationships? Why, why this? Why that? You know, it's important to identify those things so that you can um, learn those triggers. Why is it triggering for you when someone says that? Well, because my mom used to say, okay, great. Now that you know that that's where it comes from, can you forgive your mom and be mindful of the situation of that it's actually not the present moment. It's something that happened in the past. 
you're angry about something that happened in the past. It's similar right now. Can you breathe, let it out, let that trigger, that external trigger that has now brought up an internal trigger, can you let that be at peace and breathe with it? takes a lot of practice, a lot of effort. So again, it, it's not that we're looking at the past to blame. We're looking at it to explain. Explain versus blame are very different. The attitude and the, the emotion behind them are very different. There, another soapbox. <laughs> another no, I distraction. <laughs> no, I don't think it was a distraction because I think that these are things that help lead us to the answer for, you know, going down these rabbit holes help us kind of be aware that what are these things that happen for us? You know, what is the human things that keep us from our objectives? And this blame game is something that's big. And I, I've seen it over and over again with folks that that's what they're doing is it, it and some people can get to, and you can get, oh, well, creating I empathy. Yesterday. I was creating the blame game yesterday with right. my wife, my, you know, <laughs> and it's okay. easy to do. It's human. Um, I, you know, and I, and I, what I find that generating great compassion for folks, um, you know, saying, Hey, yeah, this is, this has happened, um, accepting what's happened and then having compassion all the time for people that realizing they probably didn't realize what they were doing. You know, they're doing the best with what they know what to do, you know, with their, they're playing their best cards. They just don't know, have any better cards, you know, all there's, there's, they're full of ones and twos and, you know, they needed aces, <laughs> but all they got, all they, all the cards that were dealt with them were one, two, threes, and fours, right? So in that perspective, that's, you know, they're doing the best they can with what knowledge they have. So you could understand that. And in that understanding, you can have compassion and then you can, it helps free you up from, okay, this is the way it is um, and accepting it better. And then having, don't blaming, you know, just saying, hey, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing the best they can with what they had. Um, and they still do, because you can still have engagements with people that are, you know, hey, uh, you know, right now, and, and this is real truth, Brian is dealing with the fact that he has a baby that is two or three. <laughs> two, two, two years old. Yeah, And he's, and... And he is at two years old. They will do things that give you no sleep. Well, he's been sick too. Right. I right. actually think, um, I mean, he got sick before I did. He gave it to me. It's his fault. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's the little baby's <laughs> fault. I'm sick. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and you know, you, we could say, hey, that, that that is a factor, though. And, and to understand that that is a factor, that you do have a baby and it does make you tired because he's up all night sometimes because he doesn't know why he's he's not feeling good. He just knows I'm not feeling good and then cries about it. And you're like, oh, he doesn't have ration that says, oh, I'm just sick and I need to just get some sleep. He's Instead, doing exactly he's, what he needs to do to survive. Crying. Yeah, crying, crying, well, yeah. Come, come, come! Give me support. Come, give me, you know. Um, and in this case, you know, 
you can identify, by the way, that, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm really actually helping my son. And then it maybe puts you in a better mood. I don't know. Absolutely. But, Reframing is the term that we use in, in um, the world of mental health, right? Yeah. We, we, we reframe the situation so that we can better deal with it. Have yeah, a different and I perspective. Think, and then that will help you with your engagements with your wife who says, you know what? He's, he's hungry. He's, he's sick. Um, I'm feeling really tired right now, but it does give you like, in that you can say that mindset can change for you. The person who's tired saying I'm tired, but for reason, for good reason. Um, and I, that positive thing that I can, and then there's also a moment where you can say, I'm not at the clearest right now to have that discussion identifying that, you know, like, Hey, I want to have this big discussion. Well, I'm really tired. Can we have this discussion at another time? That's, that's my opinion of therapeutic approach yeah. right there. No, and is, that's perfect though. It really is. Yeah. And I, I think it works. And then it keeps your objective of having a happy, cause your, your objective in this case is I want to have a great relationship with my wife. I want her to feel loved and, and wanted and needed. And um, that's what builds relationships, not me being a jerk. That actually hinders my relationship. So you as, you know, and, and this is just, you know, anybody out there finding that that's your objective. And then, you know, these distractions are, I didn't get sleep. Well, if you say I didn't get sleep for a really good reason um, and I'm not going to talk to you right now, because I'm tired. I'm too tired to talk about this right now. Um, mm -hmm. I just need to get this piece done. And then I just need to get some sleep for a bit before um, and not have a, a deep discussion that's meaningful because I don't want to take from our relationship because my, that's my objective is to have a meaningful relationship with you. And then you have dealt with the issue in a blameless way because the, the, the issue is still there. The thing that made you tired is still there. But you found a better way of dealing with the situation that has arisen. And it, that's what he's talking about in this book. He's, he's talking about seeing, getting perspective and being able to see it float by, you know, um, on a stream and saying, yes, this has arisen, accepting it and then seeing it for what it is instead of getting caught up in it. Yeah. And you know, that that's going to take effort and time. And so, so the point is, can you, can you focus yourself, use the, the things we've been talking about to manage that pain that you're feeling <laughs> with uh, thinking about how difficult it might be to, um, practice these things and start doing them you know it's it's like oh, i don't have time i don't have time to learn how to do these things you don't have time not to you know like let's stop making excuses let's stop blaming let's stop making excuses they go hand in hand if we blame we're excusing if we make an excuse then we're blaming <laughs> okay like let's stop that let's take accountability Let's do some blamelessness. I really like that. 
Thank you for bringing that up, Andy. Blamelessness. That is amazing. I don't think I've actually used that word before in in my uh, treatment with, with clients and my own life, which is interesting because that seems so powerful. Can you take a blameless approach with, with uh, pain management to have better time management? Yeah, really? I, I find it powerful. I, I find it useful. And I think that what this book, and this is this is the first part of this book, is that we have to talk about these things and understand these things because awareness of what is the root cause of why we're distracted is very important to be able to solve the distraction. So this fir first part of the book is really about that, is finding these things, discussing these things, knowing why these things happen. And then in that understanding, you are able to say, ah, oh, well, that makes sense. Let me be able to apply some sort of practice that will help me deal with these things better. Mike dropped. So listeners, thank you for, for sticking with us during this hour of uh, Guru's podcast. We hope you're liking this book, Indistractable by Nir Eyal. Um, please continue to read along with us. Please share with your, your family and friends, co-workers, acquaintances, uh, this podcast with them. Invite them to read the books along with us. And um, you can find us at, uh, at uh, our Instagram and our Facebooks. And you can send us an email. Uh, gurus.podcast1 at gmail.com. Gurus.podcast is our handle for Instagram and, um, and our Facebook. And we have one other, don't we, Andy? We have Twitter. Yeah. We have Twitter. I've never posted anything on Twitter with Gurus Podcast. Have you? No, I don't believe I have. Um, but we have it. We have, we have it, and marketing is on its way because. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Word of mouth, Andy. Word of mouth. You know, I, I was talking to my boss, and he was like, "A root. We have a root. Gra we have a uh, grassroot movement. A root grass. A grassroot movement yeah. that we're doing. So, yeah, having people share this. I, I've. You know, this is exciting. I think we we talk about good things, um, and I think it'll be fun going forward for sure. Absolutely. So, listeners. Be your own guru. <laughs>